Hey guys, uh, I need to tell you a little disclaimer before we get started with today's episode. The uh, things shared on this podcast do not reflect um, the ministry and the church that I'm affiliated with. This is an independent project and I'm a pastor, but uh, this will be kept separate from the work I do with the church, um, just so you know. And this is our podcast. Today we're going to be talking about sex. Yep, sex and sexual desire. Yes. So um, <laughs> we want to preface this episode, I guess, by saying we're going to explain um, why we are still virgins. Not that it, it, it really makes a huge difference, mm-hmm. but it to, shouldn't. It, it shouldn't. You know, yeah. we want to we um, talk about sex more objectively and, yes. you know, share experiences and thoughts. Um, but we just want to uh, tell you where we're coming from and why we're talking about this and our own views. And we want to share and be open yeah. and invite you all to participate in oh, this yeah. conversation with us. Um, have you ever had sex? No. <laughs> cool, me neither. Okay. Okay. So you want to explain for those of those people that are listening and thinking, you know, we're prudes or we're no, we're not innocent. Prudes. We're not innocent either. At least I'm not. Shoot. Um, but I guess I I want our viewers to know. I want you to know that just because I'm a virgin does doesn't mean I don't have space to talk about this. Um, I was gonna say issue, but it's not an issue. It's a uh, topic. It, it's a topic. Yeah, and it's a topic that has a lot of questions about it, and it's a topic that is viewed very differently amongst uh, many groups of people. Um, but the fact that I have chosen to wait until marriage gives me like even more room to talk about this. Uh, especially as a Christian, I think Christians are too afraid of the word sex and they're too afraid of, of talking about sexuality uh, when in fact, I think it's part of being human. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I, I definitely wanna say, you know, that I've made that choice to, to wait as long as possible um, and I've seen the benefits of it mm-hmm. in my own life. It's not it's not just about this, you know This kind of mindset of oh, I'm, I'm holier than other people because yeah. I've, I've chosen not to participate in sex, but um, It's more so the case that I want it to be to be something special mm-hmm. that I experience and um, I've seen what um, sex being used in a negative light oh, yeah. or you know uh, even even in my own life, you know, even though I haven't had sex, I've seen how sexual desire has, you know, destroyed relationships and has, you know, caused a lot of damage to, you know, family and to my own personal life. And so the reason, you know, I choose to uh, wait and, you know, do my best to abstain from, from that act is because of that. I recognize that, you know, sex is a very impactful thing. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I don't, personally, I don't take it lightly as though it's just something, you know, to be, just happen whenever I want it to happen. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, I think as Christians, 
we both understand that um, it's important to be aware of the worldly view of, of sex. Um, right, not everyone's gonna agree with us, and that's fine. Yeah, that's totally fine. Uh, we just want to be clear on our reasonings why we're talking about this and why we're so virgins about this. <laughs> it's perfectly okay. It's, yeah, it's great. Yeah, so let, let's, let's maybe start, let's talk about the Christian view of sex. What is that? You know, as a pastor, yeah. I'm sure people are going to ask you that regardless. Yeah. As, as a Christian, I'm sure they will. So what what is the, the Christian, maybe traditional view on sex? Yes. Um, traditionally and most commonly amongst Christians, uh, sex is for marriage. That is a statement that has been said and will continue to be said. You know, uh, waiting until marriage, that is quote-unquote, God's plan. It was to to be used in the context of marriage. And that, that's, this is what I was told growing up. This is the rhetoric that is still told uh, amongst Christian groups is um, sex uh, should only happen within a marriage. Um, to an extent, I, I believe that, and I do hold my uh, ethic to that standard. Now, uh, what the Bible says about sex, it's very interesting because... The fact is, marriage as an institution came after people were having sex. So what I'm saying is it's not like people got married and then they had sex. In fact, it was the opposite way, we way around. People were having sex and then somewhere along the lines of human history and cultural um, development started to happen and people started to have marriage ceremonies and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's important to understand. That is that's important to know and it's important to understand. Um, but there are many scripture references that talk about sex within marriage. Uh, in Genesis chapter 1, uh, you have uh, one of the two creation accounts. And then the writer of Genesis says, for this reason, a man shall leave his uh, family and be united with his wife or something like that, you know. Um, and that's told after the fact that woman was created out of, the flesh of a man and you know you read this in the biblical text um and so then a lot of christians are just like i see you know sex between a man and woman in marriage um but but yeah that's that's a christian perspective i was about to go off but <laughs> stay to the question that yeah, was so, the christian perspective so then we would say that the christian perspective is this idea that um marriage is this kind of partnership and sex is something that's a part of that partnership that unites right and that that's that's the perspective in genesis and that's the perspective you know throughout scripture yeah. and so a lot a lot of people might hear that and a lot of you know viewers might hear mm -hmm. that and go that that's too strict or yeah that's unrealistic yeah you know because i mean it's no secret that you know sexual desire is a strong thing for most people yes right but like whatever you're uh, identity is or you know whatever you relate to you know sex sexual desire is going to be a part of oh, yeah, your life and I think that's natural yes. and I think what a lot of people have you know understood religious people saying is oh you're saying sex is a bad thing oh you're saying it's bad for me to be attracted to mm -hmm. other people yeah oh you're you're you know whatever whatever it might be this yeah. kind of extreme points of a view, but I think what the Bible actually is getting at is like sex is a beautiful thing yeah. and it can be a beautiful thing and it's natural for people to be attracted 
to, to someone else yes. sexually. Yeah. And that's a good thing, actually. Yes, it is. Um, it, Christians have to be very careful. Uh, and when I say Christians, I mean like the, the big umbrella Christians, Catholics, Protestants, you know, evangelicals, like Christians, if you claim the name of Christ, you need to be careful when talking about sex because you can easily um, uh, talk about it in that way that you were saying that, like, oh, sex should is, ah, I don't know, just the way you were talking about it just now, like, yes, the, that has been an issue in the past. So right. the, the history of the church has been very restrictive on sexuality. And as I said earlier, like, there, it's become to a point where Christians are uneasy and uncomfortable with the word sex. Right, yeah. And, and it's almost, and I think this is something that I've noticed, and so I'm sure, and I've, I mean, I know because I've, I've had conversations with people, but this is something that non-religious people or people of other faiths will recognize about Christians or, you know, even uh, whatever faith people might prescribe to where the view is kind of traditional or maybe a little conservative, mm -hmm. just for lack of a better word, um, about sex. And it's um, it's this idea of, you know, sex is, is a dangerous thing. Yeah. You know, is maybe only for reproduction or whatever, right. whatever the view right. might be. A lot of people look at that and they go, you know, you're preaching this idea, you're you're teaching this idea that sex is dangerous and, and it can only be used for marriage, but then they recognize that religious people are often hypocrites in a sense, mm -hmm. because the same people who say you know sex is you know this beautiful thing or the same people that even say, you know, sex is something that uh, should not be used very frequently. Mm. Those same people, you know, will uh, commit adultery. Well, and just to explain to people what that what that is, that's from the Christian perspective, you know, that's uh, cheating, you yes. know, on your 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 spouse. Yeah, that's going outside this uh, partnership or this covenant that you've made with someone else. And you know, we we see that. You know, nobody, nobody escape can escape that. Yeah. You know, sexual Absolutely. desire and sex uh, by anyone. Yeah. You know, can be used wrongly. And I guess that's what the uh, the that's where all this stems from. It's trying to control that sexual desire. Um, it's a it's a human thing. Everyone has sexual desire, and um, just the way that people approach it and the way that people attempt to control that sexual desire in is shown in the different worldviews that they have. Christians are, or at least some Christians are saying that like, no, sexual desire is bad. That's sinful. You know, don't don't give in to your sexual desires. That's not okay. Uh, and there are secular people, those outside of faith and outside religion, who say, oh yeah, sex is like, damn man, we're we're all animals. It's okay. Like go sleep around. You know, like go right. do what makes you feel good. You know, it's your body. You know, do what you want. Um, and it's just, how do we live in this world where sex and sexual desire are thought about in different terms and in different ways and like, what's the right way? Is there? Right, is there a right way? Yeah. I, I, have, I have actually a question for you. Okay. So I, I was watching this video, um, and for those of you, if you want to go look at it or just you know, listen to it, um, it's a video by Tim Mackey. Mm -hmm. And it's talking about sex uh, and specifically lust. Um, so well, what is lust? So in the Christian perspective, what lust is, um, is this way of looking at a person 
and in your mind treating them as though they are just something to be used mm -hmm. sexually. Um, this idea that, you know, uh, they are, it's especially I think guys are, um, but I mean girls too, but yeah. um, often fall victim to this, you know, idea that, you know, this other person is someone to be used for my sexual purposes to yeah. please me, yeah. and that's what lust is talking about. And so the Bible um, is is um, very, I'll say, conservative, and that's probably not even the best word. The Bible is just very careful when it comes okay. to talking about sex, and so it, the Bible even condemns lust. Yeah, will even say you know lust is not a good thing. Because what it does is it lust makes you think of someone as something they're not. Mm -hmm. And what the Bible tries to say is people are valuable. People are, you know, no matter what your gender or social status yeah, might be or race, yeah. you know, everyone is special and everyone is created by God and loved by God. I think it's important to to um, to define lust versus sexual desire, are they the same thing? No, no. And, good answer. Good answer. <laughs> and I, yeah, and, and I mean, sexual desire, like like you said, you know, is is a good thing. It, yeah. it leads to something good, which is you know the flourishing of creation. Yeah, uh, it can lead to that. And so, actually, it, that kind of leads into my question. So, anyways, I was watching this yes. <laughs> Tim Mackey video, and he asked a question that I think is so important when talking about sex. And so I'll ask it to you because I think it'll, right. it'll uh, spark right. something. Um, he, he talks about how in the Psalms, which a Psalm is kind of an older, Old, Old Testament uh, stories or poems in the Bible yes. uh, that are you know kind of written about different topics and stuff and anyway so there's this one psalm that's specifically talking about sex great and talking about the passion of sex and nice. how sex is a beautiful thing are you telling me there is erotic literature in the bible oh yeah all right oh yeah okay i mean i, I you can't get around it right yes. i mean that i think you and i both know that if wait i just want to say that again there is erotic literature in the bible yeah. Okay. And it's not erotic just for the sake of, you know, being erotic. Or yeah, we're not talking Fifty Shades of Grey here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're talking about good sexual desire in a holy, God-intended way. Yeah. Because it's part of our human experience, and being human is a good thing. Yeah, and I think that what that tells us is that religious people can experience sex as a good thing. Yes. That brings, you know, positive things to their life positive vibes and that God created it for good right anyway so there there's this this uh, song that talks about sex and uses this metaphor of sex being like fire all right okay and so I have a question for you you know if, if sex is like fire you know and we, we can kind of draw this comparison between the two is fire good or bad that it sounds like it's water wet Right. Yeah. It, I mean, in a sense, it's like, what are you even asking? Like, what, what do you mean by is I mean, fire good or bad? This is the, the biggest um, question in the world. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's not. No, but it, it reminds me of a, of, a, of a good way of just trying to filter these topics and trying to, to learn how to live with them. 
Um, yes and no. You know, yes and no. Is fire good, right? That was right. the question. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think there's not exactly Obviously. a straightforward answer. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That, you know, is fire good or bad? It's like, I think that's almost, that, that's not even, even the, the right, right question. Exactly. <laughs> that's not really the right question even. It's, yeah. Um, and Tim, Tim Mackey actually talks about this. And, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, it's okay. I actually saw the very same video that you talked talk about. Oh, nice. I've seen it before. Um, and uh, maybe we could put a link to it in the comments below. For sure. But uh, fire is a tool, and tools aren't good or bad. They they can be good. They can be bad. You know, right. you you have a hammer. A hammer can do great things. You could right. nail things. You know, build a wall, build a house. You know, you could take nails out of an old board or use the board. You know, hammers are great. But you can also kill people with a hammer. Right. And it's not good. <laughs> right. You know, at that point, the hammer is bad. Right. And, and it's, it's a metaphor. So obviously you know, it's, it's going to break down at, at some point. And so if we're talking about fire being a metaphor for sex, right. then then sex can be good. You know, it can help a person in their loneliness. You right. know, it can provide warmth and it can um, provide life. Uh, Am I talking about sex or am I talking about fire right now, you know? Um, but also, it can destroy. It, right. And it can burn things down. Again, am I talking about sex or am I talking about fire? Like, if, yeah. if you are not careful with the fire that is your sexual desire, then it can go out of control and then a forest fire will happen. And before you know it, the things around your life will be burned down. Right. And I, I think we, we see this... Um, conversation happen not only amongst religious people we see this conversation happen just anywhere really that sex is you know taking place that people have sexual experiences yeah. and you know sexual desire it's it's you know i mean in, in our culture a lot of the times it the way we talk about sex is that you know sex is just um maybe an end to a mean you know it, mm -hmm. it's just to fulfill my desire that that's what sex is about but um, a lot of people also testify, you know, that sex does, sex, you know, with random people whenever they want, you know, doesn't leave them satisfied. Right. Maybe for some people it does, Maybe. but I think probably it, it is the case that people recognize, you know, just me having sex doesn't fill that void yeah. that I thought it would fill. Yeah. And I think that is because, you know, sex is meant to be used in a context, you know, and I think... Um, the way that the Bible looks at sex is, you know, obviously it's meant to be used in that context that we talk about marriage or this partnership between uh, two people, and it can be this good and beautiful thing. Um, but also, I think we, we should recognize, you know, that sex, and I mean, I think many people have experienced this, that sexual desire and sex used in the wrong context has, you know, brought destruction yeah. to their relationships. Absolutely into their lives and has hurt people. And, um, I think that's part of the reality of, of sex is, you know, it, it can be used uh, in ways that is destructive to people. Yeah, sex and sexual desire are bigger than just the Christian perspective and it surpasses religious experience. Uh, it's a human experience because everyone goes through it. Right. Um, but then, like, what do they do with it, you know? Uh, is it okay for Tommy and Jill to be in a relationship and they're 
they're giving each other sexual pleasure, but they're not married. Right. You know, it, where is the boundary line of, of, do you have to be a prude about it? Do you have to say, no, don't even kiss me because that's sexual desire. And, right. You know, like where, where is the moral code for how to live life with your sexual desire? Because the fact is everyone has it. Right. Um, so how do we live with it? That, that's a good question. And I think that's a question that, you know, whatever you believe, you know, you have probably asked that question or, you know, tried to discover the answer to that question. Yeah. And I think that's something important that um, we as humans should be discussing. Where is the line? You know, where, what are the ways in which sex can be used for good and for flourishing and for life mm -hmm. and for joy? And what are the ways that it can be used for destruction? And, and I think, I think there are definitely things which most, there can kind of be a consensus that is drawn. You know, I think for most people, you know, regardless of what you believe, um, you know, we can look at something like pedophilia. Yeah. And we can look at that and say, that's wrong. Right. right. Um, we can look at something such as rape. Yeah. And say, that is wrong. Mm -hmm. That shouldn't happen. That's sex being used in a destructive way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think where the, the, the line is precisely is hard to tell. And yes, I think, honestly, is. the Bible, in, from what I've read and understood about the Bible, I don't even see the Bible drawing that line. Mm. I, don't, I don't think the Bible gives us that line. Because, I mean, it's, it's no secret that, you know, different cultures view things differently, right? And what might be um, right or wrong, it kind of varies from culture to culture, you know? And, and I think if we're honest with ourselves, you know, that there may be um, some things in the Bible that simply don't apply today in the way that they used to. Sure, oh yeah, absolutely. There's tons of things in the Bible that don't apply today. Yeah, and so may, maybe it's the case that, you know, it's that way for sex, you know, that, that you know, sex, there's kind of this this guideline, you can say, of you know, the way that the Bible views sex, but it doesn't give us those, you know, specifics. Of, yeah. You know, this is that. Well, is honestly, the Bible doesn't give us specifics on much of anything. <laughs> when talking about talking about just different life circumstances and life situations, the Bible doesn't say anything about weed because it's not in the Bible. Right. You know, uh, the Bible doesn't say about how to use your iPhone in bed at night because it's not in the Bible. Like there is a lot of things uh, that we struggle with today in our society that that we have to carefully read the Bible and we have to interpret and and ask for God's wisdom and discernment on how the teaching of the Bible can be applied to us today. Right. Um, but even then, that it's so important to read the Bible and realize that you're probably not going to gain a moral code out of the Bible. And you're not going to find every answer to all the questions. Right. Um, and uh, I don't know, I guess when talking about sex and sexual desire and, and flipping through the pages of the Bible with that in mind, uh, you come to the story of David and Bathsheba. Mm. You know, David... Um, Biblically speaking, he's like one of the great heroes of the Bible. 
right? He's this dude that God chose to be the king of his people, of God's people. And uh, he was awesome, exemplary guy, musician, great warrior. Um, David's a great leader. Like he's, he's so great, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then, and then he does something that many people frown upon. I mean, I frown upon it. It's messed up. Yeah, as I think you should. Um, he sleeps with this woman in Bathsheba who has a husband and, um, you know, did she even want to sleep with him? Right. We don't know. We don't the story know. doesn't tell us. The Bible doesn't say that Bathsheba gave consent to this situation. Right. And I mean, <laughs> it, it's very possible that she didn't give consent, yeah, that's considering a, he's a king and, yeah. you know, the king calls for you, you, you go, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, and so, so David does this horrid act and that stems out of his sexual desire. Yeah. What do we do with that? Right. And, and I think it's important to recognize what, what's wrong about this story is not that David had sex with somebody. Mm. That's not what's what called, what's called out. Mm. Right. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. What, what's called out is the fact that Bathsheba was married. Yeah. She was in a relationship and her husband was, you know, off. Yeah. Uh, and what David's response when, you know, he sees this woman and has this desire towards her, he sleeps with her knowing that, you know, she's married. And then when he finds out, you know, when her husband comes back, yeah. he sends her husband to the front lines to get murdered. Well, that was after he tries because if you really want to get into the story, okay, so many things to talk about. First, I want to go back to what you said earlier. Um, the fact that David had sex is not the issue here. Right. I think that's important. And for our conversation in this episode, that's important. The sex is not the the bad guy in this story. Right. Um, in this story, the, the bad guy isn't even Bathsheba. We're not we're not, you know, blaming the victim here. Right. At all. The issue is David. And and David was unable to control his sexual desire. Um, and that's the issue, and that that's the bad guy in the story. Okay, now, moving forward. Uh, in the story, David sleeps with Bathsheba, finds out she's pregnant, okay? And so then he gets Bathsheba's husband, whose name is Uriah, to be like, hey, you have been fighting a battle, go be with your wife for a little bit. You know, he's trying to like make it seem so where Uriah will believe that he's the father of this baby because David is insinuating that like, hey, go sleep with your wife. Um, but then Uriah, he's a good warrior, you know, he's faithful. He was like a leader, he was in the military. And he was like, no, I can't leave my people, I need to go back to the war. And so David was like, all right, fine, you know what, go to the front lines. Hoping that Uriah will die, and then David won't have to deal with that drama that unfolds. Yeah. Um, so that's what happens, you know? Right. So one problem leads to another problem, which leads to another problem. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think there's, there's something to say about, you know, a lot of people view the Bible as, you know, oh, why, why does the Bible think sin is such this big thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And there, there are some areas where, you know, even Christians might look at something that that's happened or that we've done, and even in our own lives, we might look at there might be things in our own lives that are, you know, sinful or hurtful to other people, or yeah. you know, to our relationships, and we go, why is that so bad? Like what? What is so wrong about that? Yeah. And I think you know, the reason the Bible is is makes this stance that you know sin is is what corrupts, is what um, makes God's creation broken and you know not complete the way that he meant he means for it to be, is 
the effects of sin. Look what look what sin does. You know, in this story, we see that you know not only has David committed a sin, but now what he tries to do in response to that is hide himself. Yeah. And we see that in, in biblical stories a, a lot, lot of times. times. All the time. And that, that's just true to humanity, right? Yeah. When we know we've done something wrong to someone else yeah. and that's hurt someone or that's... Since the beginning of human history, literally Adam and Eve went to hide after right. they disobeyed God. And, yeah. and, and ever since, it's part of our human nature to go and hide when you do something wrong. Right. right. And, and, and not only to, you know, which is a little, doesn't make a lot of sense, but, you know, I'm sure religious people can relate to this, you know, when we know we've done wrong, we hide from God, too. And, um, you know, what the, the story of... But am I doing wrong if I don't believe it's wrong? That, that's a good question. Because right now I'm thinking about, I have a lot of secular friends, and they uh, have had sex. They're not married, you know. They've had multiple sexual partners, and they're not married. And right. so... You know, something I want to do on this podcast is to not just be stuck in the Christian bubble, but I really right. do want to to pop that bubble and think about other people's experience right. with these topics. And so, I don't know, like, do I just let my friends live and be like, oh, that's their worldview, that's their understanding? Because, um, I don't know, I had a friend in high school who said that he was going to wait till he's 18 to have sex. Uh, he did. He said not marriage or anything, but he's going to wait till he's 18. And I was like, oh, why? Like, that's interesting to me. Uh, and he said, you know, 18, I'll be an adult. Like, I can handle the responsibilities and be more mature about it and stuff. And I was like, okay, all right, interesting. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like, I don't know. That's just. <laughs> that, that, I think that's a good uh, question to ask. Is it wrong, even if you know I don't believe it's wrong? Mm-hmm. And I think um, one thing that we can see is that um, sin is something in Scripture, you know, and I, th- I think we can see this from, from what Jesus says, too, yes. is something that is harmful to our neighbor and to God. Yeah. You know, and I, I think um, there, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of instances where, you know, whatever, whatever you believe, you know, there... I mean, we we talked about this already, right? Rape is is wrong. Right. There's just there, you don't need to be a Christian to know that. Right. There's <laughs> almost this consensus about yeah. you know people of all different so, kinds of beliefs that I guess this is wrong. When thinking about the situation with my friend, is like, is he wrong? Is he sinning because he's having sex before marriage? Right. And and I think that that is where the issue becomes um, a little more difficult to discern. Oh, and I and I the reason I say that is because you know is he harming anybody? Well, it doesn't really seem like he's harming anybody. If this is like this consensual thing, which uh-huh. is obviously important, yeah, you know this consensual thing between two people, you know he's not harming anyone. Um, is he, you know, is he saying like? It's hard to say. You it know, is. like I I I almost want to say no because the Bible doesn't say. Right. That having sex before marriage is a sin, or does it? I, I mean, it's 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 hard to say. Whatever 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 your view, because I know there's going to be people that immediately, you know, are going to react negatively yeah. to even questioning that. Yeah, and you know that's okay, and I, and I understand that yeah. because it, this is a big issue. Yeah, it is. It but is. 
we also have to be careful with the way that we deal with morality in our faith and what we view as this good, you know, thing that God has commanded us to do or this, this lifestyle that God wants us to live. And then the way that we, you know, use that to judge other people, you know, I, we have to, we, there, I, Are I you just, saying it's not fair? I don't think it is. It's not fair for me to judge someone who does not know Christ by the standards of Christ. I think. <laughs> I mean. I get. I. I mean. No. Listen to what I'm saying here. It's not fair for me to judge someone to the standards of Christ if they don't know Christ. I think we should definitely <laughs> let that sink in a little bit because. It's not the answer is not as easy I think as people want to make it out to be. Um, I want to talk about lust real quick. Um, okay, yeah. And I read this book. I actually brought it with me. Um, and the author of this book, ha I think he quotes someone else who uh, who has a uh, cool lust definition, and he compares lust to love. You know. Mm. Um, and so let me just share this this little table with you. So lust, self-gratification. Lust is about self-gratification. Okay. Love is about self-donation. Let, let, let's actually, before we even do that, let's just define real quick. All right. So people know what we're talking about and we're not just using this. What? Uh, lust and love? You tell me you don't know what that is. No, I mean, it's, it's some people might not know what that is, and that's okay because right. they didn't grow up with the language that we you know, grew up with it. Or, fair, fair, you're right. Okay. You know, they don't, maybe yourself. just don't even care to use it. So, give us the definition. Okay, so, love, you know that. Oh, for God, I wanted to find love. <laughs> yeah, I mean. That's a big word, man. Yeah, I mean, I think. It's the, a lot of different things. I'm yeah. confused. Don't ask me. I don't know what love is. <laughs> I mean, when, when talking about sexuality, you know, love is, you know, the commitment between two people and you know the honoring of that commitment and uh, the doing right by each other you know and, and I'm sure there's many other ways to to further develop on on what love is because it's 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 not a small topic but um, you know lust is kind of the perversion of that mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um, whether it's um, not honoring that commitment between two people and um, you know not treating somebody as as they were meant to be created and not treating them with, with respect and dignity when it comes to sexuality you know so it, it's the what I see you listing out here is like you know this is the good things of human sexuality yeah. that you know it's part of how God created things to be yeah yeah these are the bad things yes that are part of you know how, what what happens when we twist that and we mess with that and yeah. make it wrong. That's a good uh, articulation of that, yes. Okay, so yeah, sorry, right. go for it. I just want people to understand what you're saying here. Good and the bad. Yeah. Human sexual desire. Yeah. Great. This, uh, what I'm reading stems from a book, um, we'll put the link in the comment. It's called Human Sexuality, A Primer for Christians. <laughs> it's a really good book. So, uh, less about self-gratification. When compared to love, it's about self-donation. Do we want to talk about that real quick, or just go down the list? Yeah, go for it. I'll just go down the list. Lust treats others as objects. Love treats others as subjects. 
Lust sees the body as something. Love sees the body as someone. Lust sacrifices others for oneself. Love sacrifices oneself for others. Lust grasps at fleeting pleasures. Love yearns for eternal joy. Lust enslaves us. Love liberates us. Lust jealously possesses. Love confidently trusts. Lust manipulates and controls. Love respects the other's freedom. Lust is aimed at any pleasing outlet. Love is reserved for only one. Lust ends when the pleasure ends. Love lasts through good and bad. Lust makes us feel used. Love makes us feel treasured. There, you know, there's something that, that comes to my mind as you read that list that I think is very important. Um, sometimes the way we think about things, when we think about them as, as good and bad, is that the bad is um, something that's, you know, totally disgusting and, and evil and, you know, wrong. And I think you know, in some cases that might be true, but in a lot of cases, you know, a lot of people in this world are living in lust, right? They're just going out, having sex with whoever they want. Yeah. There's no, you know, commitment there. There's people no, like Barney Stinson. I don't know who that is. He's oh, is the character from How, I met, How I met Your Mother. Yeah, yeah. Perfect example of a lust-filled life. You know, people watch that show. I'm, I'm a fan of the show. It's a cool show. It's funny. Uh, but this character, like people like him, and I think he's a cool guy. But if we're being honest with ourselves, he is a great example of what not to do. <laughs> right. When it comes to sexual. Desire. Yeah. When it comes to sexual desire, because he's just this man who is who gives into his sexual desire, easy peasy, you know, and he's pulling all these different women, and he he's lust, like straight up. He sees these women as some things, not some ones. Right. He sees these women as objects, not subjects. Yeah, you know. And and I, I think um, the the best way to think about it might just be to think about it as um, you have something that is less good and something that is a greater good, mm. as opposed to bad and good. As opposed to bad and good, you sure, because sure. you know, lust. Um, I think the lust almost comes naturally as you know, as this kind of cheap knockoff or imitation, oh, yeah. you know, but it's, I mean, I, I've experienced lust, I have lusted, mm-hmm. I have done that, you know, many times in my life, yes. and, you know, many people have lusted, and it comes from a place where, you know, the desire, the root desire there, you know, to have sex and to, to be loved and to connect with somebody else is not what's the issue, right? Mm. It's that this this end result and this this way of going about the problem and of, this way of satisfying the desire is what's wrong. Yeah. And it, it the reason it's wrong is is because there's something greater mm. that is that is um, that can be pursued. Yeah. And I think that that is the reason that. Um, you know, religious people are concerned with lust and concerned, especially, you know, God is concerned with lust yeah. versus, you know, love. And, uh, because 
there's something much greater, something much more fulfilling. Yeah, there's there's a better option. There is a better option, and often, you know, it's it's very easy to give into to lust, but because love is not easy, right? Love love is what takes hard work. Yeah. Right. Lust absolutely. is lust is really easy. Yeah. If I if I want to lust, you know, I can go on the internet and find pornography. Dude, that's a and, whole other subject. And, and yeah, and and that's. You know, I can go find that and, you know, look at that and, and lust after, you know, naked women or, you know, whatever uh, that might be and leave that interaction feeling not satisfied, feeling not right. loved, feeling guilty, mm-hmm. feeling like, you know, I still want that deep connection with somebody. Yeah, it but was a fleeting pleasure. It was, life. yeah. But, you know, if, if I'm really aiming in my life at the, the highest goods mm-hmm. okay. that this world, not even in this world, the highest goods that are out there. If I'm aiming at that, then one of those is going to be love. And in my sex, in my sexual desire, in my sexuality, mm-hmm. if I'm aiming at love, then that means I'm, I probably won't just have sex whenever I feel like it. Yeah, and, that, and that's why, like at the start of this episode, we're still virgins. Right, because our goal in life is not to lust, right? But it's for love. Yeah, and, and when you aim at that love, then lust can be better handled, and temptations of lust can be better handled. Our sexual desire doesn't go away, right? And, and because sexual desire is not the issue, uh, there is an important difference between lust and sexual desire. Um, and I just want I just want to make that clear to our viewers that like it's okay for you to have sexual feelings for you to have like urges and um and to to, to is it okay if i say the word boner <laughs> that that's normal that's that's okay you know heck that might even be healthy yeah. um but but i mean for, it's definitely healthy yeah and I, yeah uh but for the church and for christians to to not talk about it and to be like no out we don't want that in our congregation or whatever that's not good that's not healthy right uh, because this is a big topic and and it does need to be talked about um, but this is not over we're gonna have more episodes about this topic specifically I mean there's still the like you said masturbation right. uh, we still haven't even talked about pornography or um, sexuality with the LGBTQ um, you know and all these other topics that we haven't even gotten to yet yeah so that's coming soon listeners stay tuned for part two